All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording on the Tuesday evening for our November 22nd episode, number 105. Uh, week 12 of the NFL season, and this is one of my favorite weeks of the NFL season. Uh, it is U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, doing a little bit different this year. They got their three Thanksgiving day games, which is like standard. And then they also have a, a Black Friday game on the Friday too, which is uh, kind of cool. So this is going to be a good week of football. So we got Thursday, three games Thursday, Black Friday, Friday. Then we have college on Saturday. Then obviously a full slate of football on Sunday and then the Monday nighter. So this is like five full good days of football. So if you're a football fan, a lot to be happy about uh, this upcoming week. But um look at the schedule obviously the lions is a big rivalry one uh kickoff thursday this, this is one of my favorite uh favorite days of, of, of the year for football for sure lots of times i'd usually take a personal day or something like that watching football i'm not doing that this year so i'm going to be actively uh, checking the scores on my phone on thursday afternoon but uh yeah it's uh i'm excited for this week but regardless we'll We'll get into a little bit here. We'll check in. It's just uh, it's just me and Zach this week here. Uh, basketball season kickstarted here along with uh, mixing with with interviews. So Armin is not here for this episode. So it's just me and Zach. So Zach, first week, uh, first week here coming off, you know, well, I guess coming off the, the break we had of this last little bit, coming off uh, no football here, time to relax, time to kind of catch up on some stuff. What's been keeping you busy? Uh, not too much has been keeping me busy, but we kind of mentioned earlier that uh, basketball season's kicking off. And, uh, while I'm not coaching basketball this year, it's, it's, I love walking down the hallways after school and, and hearing the basketballs in the gym, uh, definitely makes me think about, should I commit to another three, <laughs> four month season? I don't know if that's a great idea, yeah. but it makes us definitely makes me fast. consider it. It makes this clear go by faster, but I don't know if uh, if family life will be too happy about that one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I gotta I got found out actually today I'm gonna be coaching basketball because like with our school it's big, it's busy, it's hard to commit to uh, coaching when you got so much going on. But I get to coach some grade eight basketball this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. So that's we don't start until next week. We got uh, kind of an open gym tryouts and sign up and all that fun stuff. And then we got our first game. I think it's the following week, but. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It's something new, something to do, and give back to the school community a little bit. Um, we'll get get things going here, I guess. Uh, 22 fresh quick question of the week. Um, kind of keeping with the theme, we always try and tie it to the week or, or something along those lines. This one, we got U.S. Thanksgiving, which is already mentioned. Uh, one of the NFL traditions that uh, has happened over the last handful of years, I think it's a, it's a John Madden uh, connection, is it not? It's right, the Turducken? I think so, yeah. Or at least he kind of made it, uh, made it one, yeah. Yeah. So what happens if you're not familiar with it on the Thanksgiving? Usually, it's like the player of the game, or it's or it's like the top producers or the captains or what have you of the winning team. They go and they interview, and then they take the turkey legs and bite the turkey legs. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a, a pretty iconic one. Richard Sherman had another good one. Uh, lots of players talk about like that's something they look forward to if you're playing in those Thursday games is possibly getting a bite of the the turducken. Uh, so this one is who is a player that you think could be taking a big bite out of the turkey leg this Thursday. So in context, we have six teams playing. Uh, so in this question, I guess it's a loaded question. We're picking a player from a team we think is going to win. 
and a player that we think is going to have a, a big week. Uh, so in the context, we have Green Bay at Detroit. We have Washington at Dallas. And then in the evening game, we have San Francisco at Seattle. So uh, we'll get you to go first, Zach, because uh, this player is on fire and I can't see him cooling down anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so I went with the the second game of the slate, the the Washington at Dallas game. And I went with C.D. Lamb. And it's it's honestly a toss up between between Dak and and CD for me, um, but I went went with, uh, with CD um, like I said, and that has a lot to do with the fact that right now Washington is the thirtieth ranked passing defense in terms of yards allowed per game, and I don't think that's going to get any better against a pretty potent passing offense in Dallas. So. Um, wouldn't be shocked if CD won it, but I also wouldn't be shocked if uh, if Dak was the winner there. Yeah, safe safe money is on CD, but obviously Dak throwing the money throwing the ball to CD. It, it very well could be both of those guys. I think was it three players usually go to the to the plates. So, I mean, it very well could be both of them. Uh, who knows? So, um, mine, I gotta go Homer pick here because this is gonna feel so good. Uh, they played week four. And Detroit beat the wheels off them, which was just like one of the happiest days of my life. I've been a, a Lions fan for too long and too many Roger beatdowns and tough losses against the Packers. So this one felt good uh, when they beat the wheels off them there. And uh, Jameer Gibbs was, you know, it took him a little bit to get going here. We're starting to see him produce this last couple of weeks. I really wanted to go with one of the running backs. And actually, Zach and I talked about a little bit, but Montgomery rinsed them 32 carries for 121 yards and three tutties Jameer Gibbs had a pretty decent game too uh eight carries 40 yards and then he also got some work in the air four receptions 11 yards so I mean not great but now compared to what Gibbs is doing now it's it's very very good uh and then Amonra went five for 56 and one which is like not a super weak um so I mean easy money would say to go against the running backs here because the Packers aren't really good against the, the running game. Like actually they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And then they're actually pretty good against the the receivers, but um, I'm going. So when I, when I say Amon or St. Brown, most people think, Oh yeah, that's an easy one. Amon has been unreal. I think he's got a touchdown in the last like five or six weeks. Um, he's been, you know, a superstar. So I think most people think, Oh, that's an easy lock Amon but I think I'm going against the grain a little bit here because the easy money would be on the running game. That's going to ground and pound and kind of is the identity of the lions, especially against the team struggling against the run. But um, I think this is one where Jared Goff and the offense is going to get right. If you, if you watch that game against Chicago, the offense, they got out of uh, rhythm really quick and Goff had three interceptions, probably could have like five. He had two that should have been picked. Two of the interceptions were tipped. So, I mean, they kind of washed out in the end, but the offense just didn't look good until about the last six minutes of the football game. So Looking at a get right game, I think I think we're gonna get back into the motion of ground and pound, ground and pound, get that play action, get Laporte on the under and I'm on her over top. And I I think we're gonna try and do some little uh some damage against Green Bay, especially at home. Uh Thanksgiving. This is, there's a lot to play for, especially they're just keep chasing Philadelphia and, and a chance at that bye week at this point. So um I'm going to Monterey. He's one of my boys. I'm I'm actively pursuing him right now in dynasty leagues, trying to get him on my winning my winning roster. So I um, might as well put my money where my mouth is and, and I'm going with a Monra. But I do think, Zach, like you said, we were talking off the air there. This one could be a very easy Jameer Gibbs. Like uh, 
100 yards on the ground, one touchdown, then like 45 on in the air to another touchdown, if if not more. Like this could be very much a Jameer Gibbs game. Um, this we might as well get this one going because there's a lot of big names and insiders and headliners that I think we need to talk about. Usually we try and fly through this pretty quickly, but uh, we got lots to talk about. But regardless, before we get there, uh, I this is kind of fun we, i've had lots of questions sent to us on the podcast before like lots and lots of questions it's actually fun it's one of my normal go-tos on you know uh, a thursday sunday monday when i'm getting those start sick questions or trade questions uh, our social media is actually quite active with people asking us questions but this one a uh, play uh, one of our our i'd say our regulars i won't say his name on the pod just because if his teammates are listening or his league mates are listening. Don't want to give away his, uh, his trade pursue here. So un unnamed patron of the 306 fantasy football podcast messaged me and said, question for you. And I'm going to lay out the whole outline. So picture this you're nine and two currently first seed clinch playoffs already likely first round by good RB and good wide receiver depth. Andrews was your tight end. How much are you willing to overpay for Kelsey? So, Already locked playoff team, likely getting the bye. If that's the case, you just got to win two more games. You got to win the semifinals and win the finals. So would you go all in for Kelsey? And if so, how much would you overpay? Um, looking at his roster here, he's got Dak, McCaffrey, Rashad White, Amonra, St. Brown, Mike Evans, Pat Fryermuth, C.D. Lamb, Kirk Cousin, or Kirk Cousin, sorry, Christian Kirk, um, James Conner, Hubbard, Murray, Rishi Rice, and obviously Mark Andrews, but he also said Kelsey owner really the only one open for business. Cause I mentioned that, you know, you could go all in for Kelsey or you could maybe try and pursue somebody like Hawkinson, Laporta or Taysom Hill on the cheaper side and, and keep your, your depth. But he said the Laporta owner said he'd be part with him, but he's the only guy in, in second. So he really doesn't want to, you know, give up that player if he's pursuing a playoff spot. So if this is the question he offered this trade, or this was kind of something that's, up in the air right now he's offering james connor kyler murray and mike evans for t higgins and travis kelsey so like that's a real offer because t higgins at this point real question mark coming off the injury we'll, we'll talk about the joe burrow injury here in a little bit but travis kelsey obviously the focal point of that side but then mike evans is having a really really good season i think he's wide receiver seven on the season or something like that uh currently kyler murray coming off the injury two pretty good weeks Back-to-back, a really good first week. This past week, uh, a few more speed bumps, but still really good so far. And then James Conner. I mean, you know what you're getting in James Conner. He's going to be Mr. Consistency. Uh, I don't know if the ceiling's that high anymore, but the floor is definitely nice for James Conner. So a pretty legitimate offer here. Uh, So definitely worth something discussing on the pod here. So I'm I'm curious on your initial reactions on what you do here, Zach. First of all, I guess we could talk about the offer. Second of all, would you maybe be rolling the dice with a waiver wire guy instead of giving up your depth at that point. Uh, I'll start with the, the <clears throat> waiver wire uh, question there. Unless this is like a really, really shallow league, which I don't think it is um, likely your best pull off of waivers would likely be. I want to say like Isaiah likely yeah. the first uh, like thing that came Henry, like something like that. And that's, that's probably not what he's looking for, especially if he is thinking of uh, going all in kind of uh, and trying to win it all. Uh, I I missed if you gave me who his quarterbacks were. Oh, sorry. His quarterback. I, su- I suspect he has somebody. 
not named Kyler Murray, considering he's nine yeah. and two. He has a uh, Dak Prescott. Okay, so he's had Murray either on his bench, on his IR, or he picked him up in the past three, four, five weeks. Yep. Um. So, like, really, Murray's kind of a wash because the buys are done, and as far as I. I don't know off the top of my head here. Dax, when was his buy? Or week he... week eight, I think it was. Yeah, so uh, don't have to worry about the buy. Sure, you're, you're probably thinking Murray's great injury insurance, but uh, also a pretty good trade piece. Um, mind you, if it's a super flex, that's, that's another question. But No, it's not. We'll, we'll say it's not. Um, so then it's, it's really going to be, for me, Connors and Evans versus uh Higgins and Kelsey. I think that's a pretty good deal. Like yeah, you're you're giving up a a top 12 player there in in Mike Evans at his position, but um you probably have absolutely no depth at Kelsey or at tight end and Kelsey's going to solve that solve that for you obviously. And probably having Andrews was a a key cog in that uh in that starting lineup where that was the difference some weeks i'm sure well here's so putting this in the context <clears throat> the starting lineup obviously you have to remove mike evans t higgins would most likely have to go into that starting lineup coming off the injury like he's still not healthy mm-hmm. uh, so he would most likely have to go in that lineup unless you're putting um like um deonta foreman chuba hubbard or reishi rice that is his bench so he would lose mike evans Higgins would have to go in that lineup or unless one of those bench guys. So he would have a pretty thin bench um, at that point. I mean, you might be able to pick somebody off the waiver wire, depending on I'm not, like, obviously we're, we're, we're speaking hypothetical here. I don't have the whole roster. I don't have the whole league in front of me here, but it would, it would put him at risk of if another injury happened, his, his depth would be terrible. Or do you keep the depth and try and, roll the dice with like an Isaiah likely or, or, you know, like a Kate Otten or, or something along those lines. But I think it comes down to like the, the, the context is really good in this situation. You have to win two games. It's not like he has to go on a four game tear here, make playoffs kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm, I personally have a hard time with this one. I think, man, I don't, I, I don't, I think it's fair. I think it's fair regardless you pull the pin one way, you add Kelsey. It's another like key part. I, I think I think I lean more to the Kelsey side. I'm with you, Zach. And, and the reason for that is Mike, like you said, Mike Evans is really good. He's a top 12 piece, but you can grab somebody off the waiver wire to possibly be a top 12. T. Higgins with a backup quarter at back could possibly be a top 18 wide receiver in a week. Where like there's Travis Kelsey here, and then there's like a tear break. So like you could be going against a guy in the semifinals who has, I don't know, like um, uh, a Ferguson or something like that, or or like I don't know, you know, those middling tight ends like get six points and Kelsey gets you twenty. Well, that's a huge, huge positional advantage. So in, in the playoffs, I mean, if you lose, if he loses a McCaffrey, if he loses um, a CD Lamb, like you're probably not winning the championship anyways. So what's what's depth at this point? I guess so. That that's kind of where I'm at. Is that kind of you, do you seem to agree with that? Yeah, I uh, like personal philosophy. Um, I tend to value depth, I think, more so than just having like a few studs. Um, but 
I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to make, making that trade. Uh, however, if uh, the concern about depth is there and giving up a lot to go get Kelsey, and, and he's already said, like, the guy that has Hawkinson isn't budging, uh, Laporta isn't budging. Like, there are other guys, too, that I feel that I'd feel good about. Like, go try to get Trey McBride on the cheap. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram, while not... Uh, not as good as last year. He's been he's been not bad and a heck of a lot better than whoever you're gonna take off waivers. Uh like Dalton Kincaid wouldn't be the worst thing. He's kind of heating up here. So I really I like the Taysom Hill one. That's a guy that I think you could legitimately get. Like if he offered James Connor for Taysom Hill, I think that gets done. Yeah, and he's he's tight end number eight and half point scoring. Which... Yeah, he could he could get you 30 points. He could outscore Travis Kelsey. Coming, especially came off the bye week too, so people kind of forget. Oh, he's been, you know, pretty good, especially coming off yeah, the bye but, week. Yeah, uh, Rick, talk about a roller coaster here. <laughs> Looking at his uh, his weekly output or his weekly finishes, week one tight end forty nine, week two thirteen, week three thirty, week four thirty four, week six forty, uh, week six number nine seven was fifth overall, eight was first overall. Week nine was fourth overall, and last or week ten was twenty three. So you're really either boomer bust, uh, yeah, you're really hitting it out of the park, or <laughs> you're you're down there with with the likes of you and I. <laughs> hey, I I uh, I respect you, Zach. I think he can do better than tight end forty. <laughs> but really, like it's playoffs, boomer bust, and that's a guy you can get cheap, especially with having Derek Carr injured. There might be more of a utilization coming off the bye sure. week, you know, like. Yeah. All stuff that that was one I thought it's risky, super risky, but so is giving up your entire depth going into a playoff run. So, but I, I, that was a question that came up, and I was like, man, I'm gonna bring this one up because I don't know if there's like a clear cut answer. Is it a fair trade? 100%. But it's what do you value going into the playoffs? I guess do you value that top end talent that might be able to win you the league, or do you value the depth with still, well, between now and the championship week, we still got six weeks of football left. So, it's a, a lot can happen in six weeks. So. That's one of me. I'll throw throw that one out of a poll on on our social medias and get uh, you know get some feedback on that one too. But anyhow, we got lots of uh, lots and lots to talk about here in Insider Handlers. We we hinted at Joe Burrow. We just talked about it in the T Higgins offer. Joe Burrow torn tendon um, in his wrist slash hand. Season over. We saw if you're watching Thursday Nighter. I guess he was wearing an, uh, a brace. If you saw the clip of it before, I don't know if that was related to the same injury or if it was like a tweak. And then when him landing on it. Uh, on that sack or whatever that play there that was made it worse or or aggravated you know what the situation was but long story short rambling on here Joe Burrow season's over and if you are a Jamar Chase owner if you are a you know even like Tyler Boyd uh, who we'll talk about later on uh, if you're an owner of these auxiliary pieces you are in trouble the 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 backup quarterback whose name's escaped me here I wish I would have wrote it down um he didn't look terrible in the, you know, is it uh, Jake Browning or something like that? Browning, yeah, that's yeah. it right there. He he didn't look terrible. The only problem is you see it lots when a backup quarterback goes in, they seem seemingly target the second string options because that's who they practice with all week, all season in practice, and that's what happened. He went in that game and was a Tyler Irving or or Travis Irving or what I don't even know what his first name is, but I think it's Irving is his last name or Irving. He had like seven targets or or eight targets and seven receptions, something like that. I mean, he was getting peppered. 
Um, so I, I mean, a week of practice as the starter, maybe you see a little more involvement from some of these studs here with some preparation, but that's what you see lots of, they have these connections with the, with the second string options. So when it comes to secondary or, or backup quarterbacks, I think there's a lot worse in the league, like, um, the Browning versus uh, Zach Wilson. That's an easy decision there. I know, I know who I'd be picking in that situation, but Obviously, if you are a, a Bengals owner of any sort in fantasy, you got to be uh, the panic button going off a little bit here. So, like, put in perspective, Zach. Like, I know most leagues the trade deadline's passed on here, but like, what could you be getting for Jamar Chase at this point? Like, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a top end talent, but <laughs> we saw what the top end talent did with a backup quarterback, or even with a, a, a banged up Joe Burrow, and it, it wasn't very good those first couple weeks. So, like. Jamar Chase or Puka Nakua rest of the season? Ooh. I might go Puka. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, and rest of the season. Oh, dear. Uh, probably. Oof. I would go Chase on that one. So that's what I was going to say. Jamar Chase or, or Marquise Hollywood Brown. So I, I think that's obviously on the other side. Like that's that's the decisions we're making here at this point with Jamar Chase, who was like what 103, 104 in in most leagues. Yeah, like he would have been the first or second receiver off the board. Yeah, this this is tough sliding. It hasn't been a it hasn't been a, you know a cookie cutter season here for for Jamar Chase and fantasy owners, that's for sure. But um, we talked about Mark Andrews in that trade offer as well too. Mark Andrews ankle injury uh, season ender. It sounds like I know they put reports out saying that oh you know if it goes well maybe it's not like we're talking fantasy season, the fantasy season, it's over. They're saying he might come back for playoffs or, you know, the end, the tail end of the season, but Mark Andrews now uh, fantasy season is over, which makes Isaiah likely become a very hot commodity. Imagine he'll go for uh, a copious amount of, of fab in, in most leagues, but um, a couple other ones here, Geno Smith uh, had an elbow injury left for a bit, came back towards the end. Um, there's something right now he could play in the Thursday nighter. I think he's trending towards probably unlikely, uh, which is not great for Seattle, especially being in a, in a race right now for the division title. And they're playing the team that they're kind of going back and forth with here, which is San Francisco. Uh, and they're also going to be without Kenneth Walker, uh, who had an oblique injury. Uh, they said he's not an IR candidate, but time will tell. Um, here, I was listening to another podcast and they said the oblique injury is typically a one to two week injury, but the fact that they're throwing out the, the IR possibility. And when the quote says time will tell, um, that's not a great, uh, that's not a great, uh, thing when you're talking about your, your running back and, and how long he possibly out that time will tell whether he hits the IR or not. It's not super promising. So for sure, I'd expect Kenneth Walker to be out a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, sorry, Zach, for that one. That uh, <laughs> that one was not how I thought that was going to go. I thought, you know, pretty pretty fair trade across the board there, but uh, at least you got to keep him next year for a sixth rounder. True. Yeah. And that team, oof, it was, uh, it's dead on arrival. So, hey, Fields looked good though. So that's all I thought. I was like, hey, Fields is back. Zach's team's going to look okay here. And Fields had a pretty good game. It's like, all right, well, Zach's back in it. And then Kenneth Walker. That's, uh, that's a different, that's a different league, my guy. Yeah. Oh, there's too many leagues together. Oh, I, what are we in like four or five? Okay, I'm just getting them all yeah. mixed and matched here together. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Fields did the one you have the super flex, and then that oh. was, yeah, you're different league, totally, totally out to lunch. Okay, so sidebar here. This is totally out talking about too many leagues. I was making a trade off for this guy, in my one dynasty league, and it's the big money dynasty league. And actually, me and him took over this league as like dual commissioners. So me and him kind of go back and forth, making sure stuff is run smooth. 
and uh, I put an offer on. He says, "Okay, well, I just gotta, I gotta take a look here." He says, "When I'm, he's already out of the the race." And he says, "Well, it's kind of got those this league goes on the back burner because uh, I'm in too many leagues." And I said, "Well, how many leagues are you in?" He said, "I'm in forty leagues." Ooh. I said, forty league. I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't. I so saw he was like, "Yeah, like when I'm in that many leagues, the ones that I'm out of it just kind of hits the back burner." And I'm thinking like, for, like forty leagues. That's forty waiver wires. That's forty different start sits actively on a Sunday and IR and fall. Like he says, yeah, a couple of buddies I'm in have 90 leagues. Like, like how do you have 90 leagues? Yeah. First of all, you're I... not married. There's no way you're married. That's <laughs> just not possible. Like 90 leagues. Are you kidding? So yeah, that's, that's another sidebar I had there, but yeah, wild, wild, wild stuff. Um, Cooper Cup. This one sucks. Talk about a roller coaster. You know, talking about Jamar Chase roller coaster. Cooper Cup roller coaster too. Uh, sprained ankle, the same ankle that he had his surgery on last year. Uh, he's considered day to day at this point. I would expect him to miss uh, this week, but hopefully you get him back for the next week. But like it's, it's been a roller coaster, but um, no bigger roller coaster than the Zach Wilson experience. We talked about that a little bit too. Officially benched now. Uh, he is not the QB two on the roster. He is now the QB three. So he is like. Zach Wilson done RIP his like his career is over done. Um, Joe Flacco signed a Cleveland practice squad. Another one. Uh, Aaron Jones knee injury. Speaking of like, you know, that sucks. Uh, another guy that like could have could be on waiver wires too. Um, but maybe worth taking a peek. There is uh, the counterpart for Aaron Jones. Um, uh, AJ Dillon might be on waiver wires, might be a sneaky little pickup rest of the season. Cause there's a possibility Aaron Jones could land himself on the IR again, which would seemingly end his um, fantasy season. Uh, Devon A-Chain, too, another re-aggravated his knee. This one, Zach, I'm very curious on your opinion because Devon A-Chain is lightning in a bottle. Like, we've seen it so far this season. He touches the ball, very limited touches. But if he touches it, he could house it at any moment. Was on the IR for an extended period of time. Now he's back, gets a touchdown reaggravates the same knee injury like what do you do I, like the, the trade deadlines passed so you got to hold them like do you think he's going to be available come down the playoff stretches even if he comes back in the playoff stretch or are you going to put him in your roster like can you trust at this point with back-to-back knee injuries and injured in the preseason like what if you were uh if you were an owner of a chain are you like what would your thoughts be right now and would you be confident with him moving forward the rest of the year. Yeah, this one's a tricky one. I think it, for me, it would depend on the size of your bench. Like you and I are in a few leagues where our bench is four guys. In a league like that, I would not, I don't think I would have the confidence to to roster him. I guess it also kind of depends on, on, your, on your roster makeup, but I don't think I'd have the confidence to, to roster him because like you said even when he does come back and there's still that discussion of could it be a Raheem Mostert day uh could it be a Salvan Ahmed day for heaven's sakes or could it be a Devon A-Chain day like who you don't really know and then even if it is a an A-Chain day do you have confidence in the playoffs that he won't get hurt re-aggravate that injury I, I I don't know if I'd have that confidence, but in, in other leagues we're in, uh, that bench is like six, seven, eight guys deep. So in, in a league like that, I would have a lot more confidence to roster him. 
uh, knowing that, yes, he might not ever start for you, but there is a chance he might go on like a, a two, three week role there as the, as the premier back or as the lead back in that offense. And then if that's the case, then you, you'd have more confidence in starting them. But for me, I would need uh, a few weeks of like evidence before even considering starting them. Okay. Well, that might answer this question then. Cause my next question was put you in a scenario. It's week 15. You're in the quarterfinal matchups and Devon A chain is coming off the injury and is going to be active week 15 quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, like, I would have to, <laughs> it would be, I don't think I'd be starting him over like a, Devin Singletary. A, Devin Singletary right now. Well, right now with, uh, oh shoot. Um, yeah, names. names like on the top of my tongue there. Um, Whole with the with yeah. the lead back there. Yeah, if, I know you're if that if that other guy's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably start him over Singletary. But if uh he's not there and Singletary's the lead back, probably not because you know what you're going to get out of Singletary. This is driving me nuts. I'm trying to find out what uh, uh Damian Pierce. Yeah, so Jeez, Pierce. That was, that was driving me bonkers. <laughs> yeah, tough one for us there. Um, yeah, we need a, if, we need Armin for that one. Big Pierce fan. <laughs> if uh, if Pierce is there, then yeah, probably start him over over Singletary. But without Pierce, then uh, I think we've seen now what what Singletary can do when it's uh, his backfield, and he looked not bad. Yeah, this is man. This has been a tough year for injuries. Like it just seems like these big, and if it's not like the big names getting hurt. Like how many quarterbacks have gone down this year, which is obviously affecting all these auxiliary pieces for these offenses. Like it's it's been a roller coaster, and we're not even into play, and we're not even in playoffs yet. Like this is this has been wild. But um, sorry, we 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 ate up a lot of time here on this first little bit of the of the pod here. But we'll get into studs and duds, and then we'll get into our um, starts and sits, and and that'll be that. So um, start of the week, I'll fire up first one. This has been nice because it's not a guy that you've been trusting lots this season, and. Uh, he had a huge week, finally, 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 finally. And I think a lot of it has been the fact that because Jacksonville's run game has been so good, that's why his production hasn't been, because obviously the quarterback's not going to get the points. But Trevor Lawrence, he was one of my my guys going into the season. Super pumped to have him on the roster. It hasn't been great. But 32.18 fantasy points this week, the number one producer of fantasy points in week number 10, or week number 11, sorry. Uh, he was 24 for 32 through the air for 262 and two. He also had five rushing attempts for 17 and another two rushing touchdowns. So uh, four touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence, a massive week, obviously number one fantasy producer on the week. Super nice to see him bounce back this week against Houston is going to be a real interesting one. Juicy matchup. Both uh, offenses get the ball moving again, but is this going to be another like huge ground and pound week for Jacksonville or is Trevor Lawrence just going to keep rolling? He caught big time steam about this time last year and then like just did not take the foot off the throttle. And it was Trevor Lawrence mania all the way into playoffs, the big comeback against the Chargers, just about upsetting the Chiefs in the divisional match. So like it was go time this last year for Trevor Lawrence. So give me interesting to see if that happens again uh, for the rest of the season. But um, very happy that finally uh, he had a big week. So Trevor Lawrence will be my stud. Um, Zach, this this one. I got to give you kudos because not only is he your stud of the week, you gave fantasy managers the heads up about this guy in the off season saying, Hey, he's not just a handcuff. I'd be drafting this guy everywhere. And he very well likely could be the RB one of this team for this, for the season. So I'll give you some pre 
preamp kudos here for this one. Pump those tires before you give your stud of the week. Yeah, I'm really happy that I get a chance to talk about Jalen Warren here. Uh, Jalen Warren um, has has shown that he has the potential to be a very dynamic back in this offense, a lot more dynamic than the running back uh, that they have been trotting out there, Najee uh, Harris. Uh, Jalen Warren, though, uh, two uh, weeks, one through nine, didn't have a top 20 finish in any of the weeks. Uh, each week there, he had, I don't know, eight to 12 touches on offense. But starting in week nine, he was getting uh, around 15 touches there. And that really coincided with him uh, producing quite well. In week nine, he finished as the running back 14 on the week. Week 10, uh, running back seven. And this week, week 11, uh, finished as running back two. Uh, this week, he had 129 rushing yards, uh, one touchdown on the ground, three receptions, and 16 yards through the air uh, with a staggering 14.3 yards per rushing attempt. Um, that is certainly not something that's going to continue, um, but it is a sign of his efficiency. Uh, only having nine rushing attempts. So he did bust off a big one, but I do think um, if he gets back down to, I don't know, seven, eight uh, yards per attempt, that's probably uh, a little bit more realistic for the type of player that he is. Um, so it is a bit of a roller coaster that you do need to be aware of when you are playing uh, Jalen Warren. Uh, he could have a, a big week like he has, or it could become a Najee Harris week where they just run the ball into the uh, the A gap consistently and and just uh, kind of stagnate their offense. But when they do uh, run Warren, he does do quite well for himself. Yeah, new OC be going to be interesting. See you later, Matt Canada. So yeah, no it'll, be, it'll be an interesting one. Um, going into this one, my dad. This is my dad on so many levels, and one of the leagues Zach and I are in, Armin Kamishes. I single-handedly lost my matchup because of the Jets. It was it was down to this. There was nobody left to play in our matchups. It was he had the uh, uh, the Bills defense. That was all he had. That was literally it. And uh, the Jets suck. <laughs> There's no answer, but they they suck. They suck real bad. Uh, so I got to put my dad is Garrett Wilson because he literally got negative points, which he was what a third round draft pick for most, uh, maybe a second round draft pick. Obviously the expectation is a little bit different now because losing Aaron Rodgers and whatnot, but he had eight targets, two receptions, uh, nine yards and a lost fumble. So negative fantasy points for Garrett Wilson, which is, uh, uh absolutely absurd. Um, but looking at the team stats, this is why I lost that last interception when Tim Boyle went in, single-handedly lost me but two interceptions thrown two lost fumbles and six allowed sacks against the bills it was a get right game the bills look good they got it done but the jets suck and so did garrett wilson so that's just where i'll leave it at that okay so zach monday nighter a lot of people were relying on some big names unfortunately one of them made your list here so let's uh let's hear your dud of the week yeah, you bet. Uh, we were at a local establishment with a few uh, 
few friends from work watching the game yesterday and uh a lot of a lot of the fellow customers there were uh doing some gambling some betting and uh AJ Brown was a whipping boy uh for the table over beside us uh think a lot of the guys there at that table had a few props on him and and he came through uh absolutely did not come through uh <laughs> brown had uh 1.3 fantasy points uh one reception on four targets for eight yards uh i think brown's biggest play of the game was when he uh almost ripped the ball out of the corner's hand on that the was a fumble like that was a fumble uh he was down his their their shins touched shin to shin contact oh man i i think that's a fumble oh yeah they're uh, the one fellow there at a at the table beside us was <laughs> standing screaming at the television at the that's restaurant because that makes a difference just so everybody is aware at home like that makes a difference <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he could stand, to be honest, this guy. <laughs> uh, tough tough Monday night, probably a tougher Tuesday morning. One would imagine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I guess all we got left here is our starts of the week, I guess. But uh, before that, there is a big Black Friday sale coming up for 22 Fresh. Uh, I know we got the 306 FFP 15 promo code, but I'd be checking out their online stores here for the big Black Friday sales. Uh, get yourself into some of that 22 fresh gear. Like I said, we got stuff for all of our big events coming up this fantasy season, including uh, a couple of giveaways we've had already this this season as well. So check out 22 fresh. Uh, all that winter gear, fall gear, it's all in there. Black Friday sales. I'm looking forward to what's going to end up there. So make sure you get in there before uh, before everything's gone because quantities will not last during those Black Friday sales. So 22 fresh, get on the website, use promo code 306FFB15. Weekly preview for week number 12. We have four teams coming off the bye week. That's the Atlanta Falcons, the Indianapolis Colts, the New England Patriots, and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, last week, Zach, we didn't have you on the pod, but um, we kind of made a little bit of light humor of the, the Patriots situation. But I want your quick, honest opinion. Do we see Mac Jones at all for the remainder of the season for the New England Patriots? And do we see new Mac Jones at all, period? for the New England Patriots moving forward? Well, number one, the Patriots have been on the bye week since uh, September 1st. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they're coming off the bye week or not. Um, but you know, like, and it's going to sound like a joke, but it's, it's the God's honest. I hope they just stick with Mac Jones because at this point, uh, I am actively rooting against the Patriots. Uh, I am reveling in their struggles. I I need I want a a top two draft pick this year, uh, to get his replacement, and and kind of like you mentioned there with with Jake Browning, I think and we saw it last year when they turned to Zappy, like Zappy kind of stinks too, like he's not very good, but when you put in a new quarterback, whether it's Zappy or Will Greer, there's going to be a little bit of a spark potentially. And on top of that, teams aren't going to have film on those guys. Yeah. At least not uh, recent film. So there's the likelihood that we can, that they could catch a team sleeping. So I need them to stick with Mac, embrace the suck, <laughs> and just go get me 
uh, Williams or May in the draft. Oh, you're gonna have to really suck to get Williams. Like really, really suck. We are. We were one fourth quarter uh, collapse uh, this weekend away from being uh, the two, the number two overall pick. Like we are that bad. We are that number, close. Number two gets you Drake May. So I mean, yep. hey, because if you, I legitimately, well, first of all, the the joke you made about keeping Mac Jones, exact joke I made last last episode was like, hey, if you want a better pick, you just keep rolling with crappy old Mac Jones. But like. I, I'm curious, like, why they have never given Malik Cunningham a look because he's like dynamic. I think he's a guy that at least can get it down the ground, regardless. Anyhow, but if you're not a top two pick in this draft, you're not getting a quarterback because those top two teams, even if you don't need a quarterback, you're trading out of there to a team that needs quarterbacks. There's so many teams that need quarterbacks. Yep. And even if you're the three seed, you're going to have to trade up to get a cue because somebody else will jump you. So if you want a cue, like you're, you you got to hope the Pats just lose out moving forward, really. Yeah, and they, this is a huge. Like, this might be the game of the season this week. They're playing the Giants. Yeah, like we're looking at two teams here that want that the cue that really suck. Like <laughs> it would not shock me if at some point in the fourth quarter, like they both teams trot out their punter on like second down. Yeah. We're just, we're giving them the ball. Giving away. Yeah, we yeah. want the field position. I've seen so yeah. many mocks, too, of the Giants getting Drake May. So, I mean, hey, if uh, if the Giants win, and, and they, they're they helping the Pats by beating Washington this past week, which Danny, oh, Dan, Danny, Danny Dines DeVito there, whatever his name is, like, he, he got it done. He got it yeah. done. I don't know how, but he got it done. This weekend for a while there, I was <clears> living uh, my football fantasy, like, we had the Cardinals in the lead in the in the fourth. We had the Bears in the lead in the fourth. Like these are all teams that the Pats are battling with for draft standings. And, and Cardinals, bad teams stay bad. They blew the lead. Uh, same with the Bears. So luckily, though, yeah, you're right. The Giants came through in a, in a big way. So Carolina didn't stand a chance. So you weren't getting the first pick. In, yeah, in like. <laughs> We just need Carolina to, to just like fall on the, like not fall on their face and just like maybe win a game here. Hey, they got the Titans this week. So, I mean, coin flip that one, really. I'm trying to see here. What is their, what does the rest of their season look like? You got the Titans. Then they've got the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah. That one's not super promising. Saints. Don't love that one. Falcons. There you go. Yeah. Falcons. We can will do beat something. the Falcons. Yeah, they'll do something dumb there. Falcons win that one. Packers, well, they stink. Yeah, we got the Packers. That's Christmas Eve. Yeah, there's a Christmas miracle Christmas for you, Zach, right there. Yep. And then Jags, when they... crazier things could happen. Yeah, I'm gonna put that one out because I think the Jags are gonna go on a run. Um, and Bucks to finish on the seventh. Well, Bucks maybe mail it in depending on if they're uh, in a playoff spot or not. Yeah, sure. But, so we're looking at like Titans here. They got Packers. two more wins in them. They maybe win two more games. God, I hope so. <laughs> Anyhow, we'll get back to the action here. Um, so we welcome those four teams off the bye, but because of the Thanksgiving week, nobody on bye week this week. Lots of football. Like I said, we've got the three Thursday, one Friday, uh, full slate Sunday, and then obviously a Monday nighter as well too. So a big week of football, nobody on bye weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, which means all of our fantasy lineups are good to go unless you had a catastrophic injury, which we've already previously discussed. So 
going into this week, our starts and sits of the week. Uh, Zach, this guy's been catching fire here, so I kind of I kind of like this pick here, uh, especially against this Washington matchup. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon with an I. Um, he is somebody that uh, he's definitely more of that uh, auxiliary piece that we've been talking about here uh, this week in that Dallas offense. Uh, clearly behind C.D. Lamb in the pecking order. But he has had a few bigger games this season with a, a top 14 finish, a top 16 finish, and a uh, a number three uh, just two weeks ago against the Giants where he had nine receptions. So He was the wide chance. receiver one that week, wasn't he? Or the wide receiver two, maybe? Wide receiver three. Yeah, big week. Yeah. Um. So... There is there is a possibility against a a pretty pretty to very poor passing defense in Washington that he could go off. Um, so he is somebody that like you might even be able to get him off of waivers right now in some weeks. Uh, and that's a player that you can you can get off waivers and you can feel pretty good about plugging him into your your starting lineup. I think. Okay, mine is. Mine's a gutsy one because um, you, first of all, got to pay a crap load of fab to get him. Um, but then if you get him, I think he's a lot better than a lot of the tight ends that you have out there. Last year had a lot of relevance when Mark Andrews was out. Uh, we're looking at a team here that is drastically needing passing options. OBJ looking like he's going to be missing some time. Um, Zay Flowers probably going to have a huge step up this week um, because of just necessity, but no Mark Andrews rest of the season. So at this point, when you can get a player that you're going to put in your active lineup off the waiver wires, especially a guy that will demand targets, like that just doesn't happen very often, especially this late in the season. So they're likely going to step in on a team that uses the tight end a lot and a team that trusts him because when Mark Andrews was previously out, they peppered him with targets and then now OBJ that was emerging as this talent looks like he's going to be out. I'm assuming this week, maybe more than one week with his injury. Uh, even if he does play this week, I, I can't imagine how effective he is coming off the, the shoulder injury. Now, Isaiah likely it's like, <laughs> I'm looking at the, the matchup this week, the chargers, terrible, terrible defense, terrible. They're terrible against the pass. They're terrible against the run. And I mean, when you look at like what they give up to tight ends, it's kind of a crapshoot. It's hard to try and chase the analytics of it because of just how many teams don't use the tight end like other teams. But they give up an, an above average amount of fantasy points to the tight end position, especially a team like I mentioned that runs through the tight end because obviously Mark Andrews. But looking at the Chargers, they give up an average of 8.2 fantasy points to the tight end, which like you're saying 8.2. Okay. Jordan, like that's not much, but they've given up three touchdowns, which is significantly below average for most of the teams. Like you're looking at a lot of these teams are five, five, six, four, five, six, six. And then you look at the, the yardage. It's the yardage that's substantially higher than other teams, 675 yards and 65 receptions. Now a team that gives up a lot of receptions, a lot of targets and a lot of yards, to the tight end, 
Now, that's what I want. I want Isaiah Likely to get lots of targets, lots of yardages. And then if he gets a touchdown on top of that, that's just a cherry on top. When you look at a, uh, a tight end, if a tight end gets nine points, they're a top 12, if not a top eight tight end on the, on, on the week. Uh, so this is a confident matchup against a team that's really struggling. Uh, they were very, very poor this past week against the Green Bay Packers. The Baltimore Ravens are substantially better than the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so I'd be firing up Isaiah Likely, a fresh, fancy new toy that if you're listening, you probably just got him off the waiver wire. Uh, sits, and then that's pretty much it here. Uh, Zach, who is your sit of the week? This ties in really nicely to your dud of the week because they're the, they're the same guy. Uh <laughs> I would be considering uh, sitting Garrett Wilson against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Over the last three games, the Dolphins are giving up uh, the ninth least uh, passing yards through the air, Um, regardless of what kind of coverage they have. Looks like you'll have a pretty good cornerback across from him unless they move him to the slot, which that might be one of their better bets there in New York or with the Giants or with the Jets, pardon me. Um, there is the the uncertainty, though, of Tim Boyle going in. Um, really, it's hard to hard to imagine that a an NFL-caliber quarterback could be worse than Zach Wilson at this point. So maybe with uh, the Tim Boyle experience, uh, Wilson might be better than he has been, but to this point, Wilson's been... Uh, like you mentioned, uh, a real disappointment considering the price you paid for him back in August. Like, how, you got to let Boyle go in there and just let her fly, like let her buck, air it out. Who's? I mean, I guess, I guess, saying that the Jets are in a playoff spot right now, which is like insane to say. I don't know, maybe they're just on the outside. They're not out of it. Like, yeah, they're they're not. They're they're not, not out. Yeah, they're outside looking in, I guess, but they're not out of contention right now. Right, and this um, is a this is it's a divisional matchup. Like these two teams, like there is that added element to where uh, it's a divisional matchup, and like it does in some, like you said, in some crazy way, there are playoff implications. Like let them let them fling it, let them let them fly, but I just can't see that happen. Like really, the your best player is Brees Hall. I guess maybe Garrett Wilson is is your best player too, but give Brees Hall the ball, get him twenty touches, and then get the load the box up, and then you start airing it out. But yeah, you know, in Tim Boyle, we trust. I guess if you're a Garrett Wilson owner, which doesn't sound great either. So um, my sit of the week is Tyler Boyd, and Tyler Boyd's been this nice little safety insurance blanket here. If you've had him, you probably got him up the waiver wire, uh, or he was like one of your very last picks, and he's been pretty consistent he had a slow start two eight six six but then he had 13 by week 12 7 15 so he's just kind of that you know guy you can throw in your lineup and you know what you're getting and he gets a ton of targets in the red zone which is kind of a a weird conception for that offense especially when you think of like big jamar chase and what he's capable of doing especially joe mixon turning it up a little bit uh but it's just one of those ones where I just don't know how you have confidence starting Tyler Boyd in this matchup with a backup quarterback, especially during a week when there's no bye weeks. Everybody's available. Every single player is available. You're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in a divisional matchup in a game where you have a backup quarterback playing. 
I mean, like you said, stranger things have happened. Right now, they have him projected for 7.4 fantasy points. That's his projection. That's kind of where that's his lowest fantasy production in five weeks. Obviously, this Baltimore game excluded. But it just how how do you have confidence putting him in that game when you could go to the waiver wire and pick up like a Khalif Raymond and probably get more fantasy points from him in a matchup against Green Bay on a Thursday, or you go pick up almost anybody off the waiver wire and have a higher ceiling than Tyler Boyd does this upcoming week. Like I said, this is one that could bite you in the butt because he just somehow just gets peppered with targets from a, a backup quarterback, finds the end zone, and um, in a divisional matchup where they need to win if they want to have any sort of playoff hopes. But just the odds are stacked up against him, especially against the very good defense, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I would just be avoiding that one at, at all costs. <clears throat> Uh, anything, Zach, here you want to add on, throw in as we uh, wrap up week 11 and begin week 12? No, just everybody uh, uh, put it out there to the universe. I need a Giants win in a bad way. I I think you're preaching to the wrong group here. I don't think there's too many people that want to see the Patriots good again. <laughs> that would happen for many, too many years. Well, a guy can hope. <laughs> I'll, I'll hope with you, Zach. I'll give it to you. Yes. Um, that's going to do it here for, uh, episode 105 of the 306 fantasy football podcast on behalf of myself, Zach and Armin, who was unable to be with us this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Good luck. Enjoy it. This is a, this is a fun week of, like I said, there's a fun week of football. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Uh, probably just because my Lions always play on Thursday, but, uh, I'm super excited. Hope you guys are excited at home too. enjoy some football and, uh, good luck in week 12. Let's make that big old push for uh, for playoff spots here. It's it's getting to the nitty gritty. Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Let's uh, let's talk soon. 